Welcome to episode eight of the Soul Led Leaders podcast. And today we are talking about why the post-lockdown new normal is so like the old version and why that's such a big problem. So when I ran the Lockdown Leadership Conference back in May, one of the core messages that came from the 400 business leader delegates was the hunger for a wave of change. While everybody was on lockdown, it turned our worlds upside down and people felt this was a once in a generation chance to rewrite the rules. So why is it such a problem that that's not happening and how can we rescue the situation? If you've been asking yourself these questions, today's episode is for you. The Soul Led Leaders podcast is for corporate leaders who are making waves and changing the rules with their hearts, not just their heads. But they know that their secret 3am self-talk is getting in the way. Where others stress about the status quo, you're the action taker who drives the changes and making a difference and being a crusader is hardwired into your DNA. The Soul Led Leader podcast is here to help. Led by Claire Yosa, law changer, eight times author and international speaker, each episode is designed to help you to clear out the secret glass ceilings you never realized you'd put in your own way so that you can step up showing up with all of who you really are and reclaim your power to make the difference you know you are really here to make in the world with clarity, confidence and passion. So as I said, at the Lockdown Leadership Conference, there were so many of us hungry to actually keep some of what we've had in lockdown. A huge amount of it has been really tough, but there were some things that people were really treasuring. And when I ran the post-event workshop as well, the same core messages came up. People want to spend more time with their families in the main. There's always exceptions. People loved not having to get up at half past five anymore for that daily commute. People loved being able to have dinner together as a family. People loved the fact that they could be more flexible with their working hours to fit around when they were most productive. People loved that they actually got time for lunch and they got to eat in the middle of the day rather than grabbing a sandwich at their desk. Now, the thing is that none of these are big asks All of these are things that as human beings should be surely part of regular life, but the way we've been running our businesses was making it impossible. So many people were up horrendously early, multi-hour commute in both directions, coming home exhausted at the end of the day just to start it all over again. And there was a cry, a prayer that came up from the Lockdown Leadership Conference of let's do this differently now. I was full of hope. People were wanting to speak up, to make their voice heard about what was working and what wasn't so that they could be creative about how to create a new working culture that worked for everyone. But here's the problem. What I'm actually seeing as businesses are reopening their offices is people trying to cram the new rules into the old way of working. Because everybody's been so stressed and everyone's been so busy and so overwhelmed, those discussions that needed to be happening have not taken place. In most companies, they haven't been surveying the staff. They haven't been asking the leaders, is there anything that actually we don't want to bring back? And instead, we're on a fast track to going back how things previously were, but with face masks, more cleaning and a bit of physical distancing. And this is heartbreaking because... We went through so much in lockdown. It cost individuals so much. It cost companies so much. To go back to how it used to be when we've realised that actually some things could be different means that we're actually sowing the seeds for future dissatisfaction with our staff. And what's also going to happen is the companies who are brave enough 
to challenge the assumptions, to look at, okay, was this really working? Was this really the best way to have our teams working together in the past? They are going to magnetise the rising stars and the best talent from companies who have not done this. Because those who can vote with their feet will. Being able to spend time with our value, with our families is a core value for so many of us. And we sacrifice it in return for a paycheck. And what lockdown has taught us is that price is not something we want to pay. So people will keep paying it in the short term, but they will be looking out at companies who no longer require them to make that sacrifice. Research came out last weekend saying that only 13 percent of parents, that's one three percent of parents who make up a huge proportion of the workforce, parents of school-aged children and younger children, only 13 percent of them want things to go back to how they were before lockdown. They want more flexible hours. They want to be able to fit their work in around their family commitments. They want breakfast with their kids. They don't want to have to ruin their child's start of a day by screaming at them to get them out of the house, to get them to a pre- preschool breakfast childcare that means they can rush to commute to work to arrive late and be judged. They don't want to be missing out on concerts and school plays and sports fixtures. They want that balance. They've had a bit of it now, albeit with homeschooling making it more challenging, but they've realised that they don't want to go back to how things were. Yet companies are trying to shoehorn the new regulations into the old status quo. So as lockdown is ending, where companies are deciding what to do, which is an enormous task, working out how on earth to bring people back into the workplace under the new rules is really challenging. I really, I give you that, yeah? Where you're not involving your teams and every member of staff in the decisions about what's going to happen, what is happening and what I'm seeing in the public, in my clients, in their teams where this has been happening is uncertainty, and guesswork, and gossip, and fear. So where people are not being involved in these decisions, and they feel that the new rules by companies are being imposed on them, it creates another layer of dissatisfaction, of unfairness, of I don't matter, I don't belong. And a lot of the new rules, going back to the way it used to be, are disadvantaging those who have caring commitments, those who, for example, don't want to come back into the office, who don't feel safe, those who simply prefer the slower pace of life, where they don't have the super long commute or regular international travel that we've now realised with conference calls by video being so easy is actually needed much less than we used to think it was. One of the other challenges I'm seeing is the people who are often leading the initiative to come back into the office are those who are desperate to be back in the office. They are the extroverts without carer responsibilities or the extroverts with carer responsibilities who have a fallback plan. Because when you're running an extrovert preference, it means you get your energy from being around with other people. When you're running an introvert preference, it's nothing to do with being shy. It means that you top up your batteries through quiet time. So for an introvert in an office environment, and a good quarter to half of people have got this on a sliding scale preference, for them, a crammed commuter train is the worst way to start the day. It's an utterly exhausting way to finish it. Being in an office is still important because we still want that human connection, but it's nowhere near as important as it is for someone with the extrovert preference where 
they would get to the end of a day at a busy conference and someone says, hey, should we go to the bar? And they're like, let me grab my coat. Whereas the introvert is, how quickly can I get this over with before I can go back to my hotel room? (laughs) So we have so many cases I'm seeing where the extroverts are creating what the new type of working is going to be that is going to leave the introverts wishing they'd had a voice. And the other issue with all of this is when people do come back into the office, some people will and some people won't for many, many reasons. But it's risking creating a two-tier structure for visibility, for being offered golden opportunities, for being top of mind when the next promotion comes up. People who've been furloughed have been feeling like this for the last three months. Is what if the CEO forgets who I am because he or she hasn't seen me since March? We're going to be having something similar happening if we've got teams split between home and in the office. And it's more severe than it would have been under the old way of, hey, everybody can work from home one day a week because some people will be working from home full time. So we also need to be looking at how can we make our working environment inclusive? One of my clients' firms has had the excellent idea of, okay, if anybody's attending from home on a meeting, everybody dials in virtually. So it becomes a level playing field rather than having six people sitting around a meeting room table, socially distanced, and two people on a tiny computer screen being forgotten and having to shout through a tinny microphone to make their voice heard. You can imagine how this would make people less likely to speak up with their brilliant ideas or to share their questions compared to if everybody's either in the room or on the screen. So there are so many things we need to consider other than just the physical distancing. So what can we do about this? The first thing is we need to be asking people. We need to be proactively talking to everybody who's affected by the decisions that are being made to find out, asking that courageous question, was there anything about lockdown that actually you enjoyed and you want to keep? We also need to really look in the mirror and make some bold decisions. This is, as we found at the Lockdown Leadership Conference, a once in a generation chance to rewrite the rules with less resistance than usual. Is presenteeism really the best way to get results from teams? Is having core working hours every day really the best option when some people are early risers and other people are night owls? Is having a member of staff come in with a four-hour return commute really the best use of their energy? Or could we ask them to channel that energy into working from home more often? And is it really so bad if a parent asks if they can have flexible time to be able to go to a school play? I've been talking with a lot of companies who... Six weeks ago, we're really planning to bring these changes in. And then in the stress and the overwhelm of actually making them happen, the whole consulting people, bringing in ideas, having having people's opinions from different areas of the companies has just fallen away. So my invitation to you today is to press pause, even if just for a couple of days. Press pause And go and ask your teams, how could we create a new working culture that genuinely allows everyone to thrive? So that is my do one thing for you today on today's podcast. As you know, there's one each session. The do one thing for your business is to ask, how could we create a new working culture that allows everyone to thrive? The do one thing for yourself is to really openly look at which elements of lockdown have I actually enjoyed that I want to keep? What action could I take to give myself the best chance of doing that? And it might be things that are within your control. 
It might mean you need to speak up with your employer, with your teams, with your leaders. But if we don't take action and make our voice heard now, we're going to go back to an even worse version of how things were before because of the extra social distancing and the difficulty in commuting. And this is our chance to genuinely create a new way of working together that allows everyone to thrive, including the business. So I hope you found that useful today. I would love to hear from you. Get me, drop me a line, hello at clayosa.com. And if you're enjoying Soul Led Leaders, please pop over to iTunes and hit the little review podcast button that they have. Let people know why you've been loving Soul Led Leaders and why they might enjoy it themselves. I would be hugely grateful. It makes a massive difference. And make sure you are joining us for next week's live workshop. It's my gift to you how to be a soul-led leader in challenging times, including putting together your 2020 soul-led leader action plan, looking at how you might secretly get in your own way and working out how you can overcome and let go of those blocks to your soul-led leader success. To get your ticket absolutely free, go to soulledleaders.com and click the register button to get onto my VIP email list for the Soul Led Leader episodes. I can't wait to share this with you on the 14th of July. Being registered is the only way to join us. I will be back next time where we're going to be talking about, oh, a favorite topic of mine, how to handle energy vampires without resorting to wooden stakes and strings of garlic. So if that is something you've ever experienced, make sure you tune in for the next episode and the show notes today, including the Lockdown Leadership Conference, where you can go and still watch the interviews they were. It was an incredible day, are at clareyosa.com forward slash soul led leaders forward slash zero eight. Please subscribe to Soul Led Leaders podcast via your favorite app. It's free to listen every Monday morning. And I hope you have an amazing week. Show notes, deep dive resources, and access to Claire's inspirational twice-weekly soul-led leaders. Email is available for you at clareyosa.com forward slash soul-led leaders. 